Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on this Wednesday, Wednesday, 545-ish. We do this every single week. We're talking now with ESPN Radio host Freddie Coleman, our guy, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. It's coming up tonight, 9 o'clock. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, Brady. How's everything with you, my friend? Well, you know, mixed bag. Patriots are done, but UVM men's basketball is rolling. They're on the floor tonight in about an hour and 15 minutes, taking on NJIT. You successfully predicted last week they'd beat Stony Brook. Not only did they beat them, they beat them by 33 and got a lovely Sports Center tribute from Van Pelt, uh, uh, I think, on Thursday night. And they rolled UMBC. So, Catamount Hoops are rolling. You're on board. Well, one of the things about that is kind of very easy, Brady, to be on board with Vermont basketball because they play such an entertaining style. They really get after people defensively. And I just love the fearlessness that they play with each and every time. And when you have a team like that, that they don't worry about what you're going to do. They're going to do what they feel is necessary to get those wins. It's really easy to rally around a team like that and really embrace what they've been able to do. And one of the best things about that team, we talk about how unselfish they are. They really are a selfless basketball team, and that's always been a hallmark of any team that John Becker has coached. So I'm not surprised that he's been able to have this kind of team year in and year out where no one wants to schedule that team as part of a non-conference team in college basketball. You know, we do this conversation once a year, and half the audience gets really passionate for it, and half the audience rolls their eyes and, and you know wants me to talk about anything but this. So I'll ask it to you lukewarmly here. It's not out there publicly, but there are people out there saying Stony Brook is going to leave the America East. We know that that Hartford is soon leaving the America East because they're dropping down, you know, out of Division One. As Stony Brook leaves and Hartford leaves, the conference is going to get weaker. Should Vermont explore leaving the America East too? I don't know where they would go, Freddie, but should they explore leaving at that rate? Well, I would if I'm Vermont, and I'll tell you a perfect conference that I think would be perfect for them. That would be the Northeast Conference because you have Merrimack. You have you also have Sacred Heart. You have Central Connecticut State. You have enough basketball-like-minded teams that would give Vermont more than a, a battle and vice versa. So if the American East is going to have these kind of defections, and I'm not surprised about that hearing about Stony Brook and other teams, I think the perfect conference for them, if it's not the MAC, the Metro Athletic Athletic Conference, I think the Northeast Conference and Vermont would be a perfect fit together. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. All right, the good vibes are over. Now let's go to the Patriots here. Patriots blown out by the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night, 47-17. As we think about what the Patriots need and how they should build going forward, do you build your roster solely to try to beat Buffalo? Are you building it just in the way you want and hoping you can beat Buffalo along the way? What's the best strategy for building? I've always believed that you recruit players in free agency or draft players in the NFL draft for teams in your division. And especially if you got a top team in your division, that's who you have to go after. Look at the drafts that we've seen the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos have, all designed to try to take down Kansas City in the AFC West. Buffalo is now the big dog in the AFC East. So if you're the New England Patriots, what do they do best that you got to try to counter? Well, we know they don't run the football, but they have a quarterback in Josh Allen that can make any throws. That means you go out to cornerbacks or you try to get pass rushes that can knock him down, linebackers that can come on blitzes. You have to go after people in your division because if you win your division 5-1, and one, you're banking on anybody else that you're going to play. You're going to go at least 500 or more than that. Then you're a 10- or 11-win team. And if you're a potential elite team, then you're a 12- or 13-win team. So I've always believed, Brady, you build from inside your division first and everything else should take care of itself because if you don't do that, then you're behind the eight ball in the division. Be behind the eight ball and other games outside of your division trying to make up for those losses. 
when you look at the AFC and how loaded it is at quarterback and how loaded it projects to be at quarterback for the next several years, can the Patriots win with Mac Jones in that environment in the AFC? I believe they can because we've seen that Mac Jones, when he's been able to have the playbook let him get loose a little bit, that he's been able to make some plays. And I know we want to accelerate the process when it comes to Mac Jones, but let's remember, he's only played 17 games in a playoff game in the National Football League. We can't expect that guy to be an elite quarterback by year two or even year three. But that does mean you can't compete because you got a quarterback that can make some throws, you got a quarterback that's a leader, and you got a defense that can support him and a coaching staff. So let's not try to rush things. I know everybody wants things yesterday because they saw that winning streak that the Patriots had where they were just clicking on all cylinders. But let's remember that Mac Jones is still a rookie. He just finished his rookie season. Let's not try to put him closer to that line of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes when he still has miles to go before he can even even think about being close to that level. Who says no to this deal, Freddie? This is everybody's favorite offseason speculation game. Who says no? Mac Jones and two future first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Who says no? New England, Seattle, or Russ? Seattle's going to say no because they still believe they can win with Russell Wilson and they're going to have to retool their roster, especially on the defensive side of the football because they fired the defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr. They have to really catch up to what offenses are in modern football from a defensive standpoint, that you just can't play too deep, high-safety shell coverage and play man underneath and think that's going to work. you got to be able to plaster wide receivers and stay with them and have your safeties be thumpers downhill to make sure you take the middle away when it comes to modern football, defensing modern football. So the only, I think the only scenario would be that Seattle would say no to that. And that's not to say Russell Wilson would not want to play Bill Belichick. I don't think you pass up on that. But the Patriots are not going to put that kind of deal out there. So I'm not worried about them. But if anybody says no to a deal like that, it's going to be Seattle because they still believe in Russell Wilson. And he made it pretty clear last week after the final game of the regular season, that he has no designs on going anywhere else. You know, I've been in a Twitter spat with the Bills Mafia for the last couple of days, and I get it. It was a historic performance on Saturday night. It was a great win by the Bills, and they deserve to be happy. However, the fans that were singing, we are the champions for winning a wild card playoff game, I had a, you know, I had a problem with. And I also have a problem with all of my Facebook friend Bills fans saying that they've exercised all the Patriots demons of the last 20 years because of what happened Saturday night. Do you think the Bills exercised all their Patriots demons because of a wild card playoff win against a rookie quarterback at home? That's not just a no, Brady. That's a hell no. Yes. How can you exercise demons in one year? When for 20 years, you didn't even win a playoff game or win your division or did not come close to winning your division. So I get it. They're happy in the moment. They were finally able to slay a dragon known as the New England Patriots because none of those people were running their mouth when the Patriots beat them 14 to 10 in the regular season on their home field throwing only three passes. Bill's mafia was awfully quiet when that was <laughs> going on against the New England Patriots. So if you want to celebrate a win the way you put it on the Patriots, winning by 30 points, I get it. But there's no way you're going to exercise any kind of demons unless you go on a 20-year run in that division the way the Patriots were able to do that. And to say that anybody else is going to do that in this day and age, you're never going to see that kind of run in a division ever again. What we saw from the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and everybody associated with that over a 20-year period. You know, I have had her on the show before. I have not had her on recently, but I don't even know if she's in the office by the time you get in at ESPN Radio. But uh, how is famed ESPN Radio Sports Center update anchor Christine Lisi walking around the building right now because her Patri- or because her Bills beat the Patriots? Put it this way, Christine Lisi is not a typical Bills Mafia fan. I mean, she loves the team, and she roots for her team, but 
she's not on that side of it in terms <laughs> of going into people's faces and everything like that. She just wants to see a Super Bowl championship before she has a chance to leave this earth. And as a Jets <laughs> fan, I know exactly where she's coming from. As a Knicks fan, I know exactly where she's coming from. But at least my teams have championships in their past. The Buffalo Bills had their four straight Super Bowl runs and did not win a Super Bowl championship. But she's not that GOAT kind of person. And she hates when people does that to other teams. So that, make, that makes Christine Lisi <laughs> one of those great fans and great people that you don't mind if your team is beating, if her team is beating your team, you can deal with it because of the kind of person that she's always going to be. Freddie, nice night of NBA action today. I'm going to be flipping back and forth. Gordon Hayward's return to Boston for the uh, Hornets and Celtics. That game is on ESPN. And then 8 o'clock, we got John Moran against Giannis. Good night of NBA action tonight. Well, it's, the NBA's had a terrific season. I know it gets lost because we're in a football country when it comes to college football and the playoff and the National Football League. I clearly understand it, but other than a few bumps here and the bumps there, the NBA has been off to a terrific start because you have great storylines just about everywhere, good or bad, whether the good with the Memphis Grizzlies, how they've been able to play a job around becoming must-see TV each and every night, the bad when it comes to the scuffling Los Angeles Lakers, also the really, I want to call it ugly, but the kind of the kind of vague situation going on with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets, Clay Thompson coming back from his injury. He's been terrific. Giannis after the Kubo and the Milwaukee Bucks have been terrific. The NBA has really had a terrific start to this season, and they're fully poised that when the NFL finally ends and the Super Bowl is over, they're going to be ready to take center stage because there's so many storylines and superstar storylines that people will pay attention to, whether they like that superstar or they don't like that superstar, whether they like that team or they don't like that team. Celtics are disappointing, but I don't think anyone's as disappointing in the league as the Atlanta Hawks. I had adopted the Hawks as my team last year because Kevin Herter was high school teammates with my brother, and they were in the starting lineup together for a couple of years. And all of a sudden, the Hawks, I watch them every time they're on. They're like 18 and 25, Freddie. Well, here's the deal, Brady, and I warn people about this when a team has any kind of success. It's one thing to have that success when you're hunting people. But when people are starting to hunt you, how are you going to deal with that? And I thought early on, because they did not have a good start to the season, and it's continued now as we get closer and closer to the halfway point, I thought when Trey Young said, you know what, this is hard, and we got to really get our mindset right, I said, boy, that's a very troubling red flag because you got to anticipate that after the run you had getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. We had a 2-1 lead in the series versus the Milwaukee Bucks. You let that series get away that everybody was going to be coming for you. And everybody has done that, and the Hawks have not been able to handle that. They're still a relatively young basketball team, but their main core people are below the age of 30 outside of Lou Williams coming off the bench. So if you're the Atlanta Hawks, if you don't get your act together, you're going to be one of those teams that you're going to say, what happened to us in 2021-2022 when it seemed like we're going, we were going to be on the way up and an ascending team, not a descending team at least for one year. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, weeknights here on WDEV. We'll have it tonight at 9 p.m. Freddie, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Brady. You take care and be well, my friend.